We sit glued to the TV set all night And every night Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright We got nothing better to do Than watch TV and have a couple Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 194. On this episode, we've got a couple of news items, and then we'll preview the CBS Fall 2013 TV schedule. And then we will talk a bit about uh, Broadchurch and the second season finale of Continuum, uh, plus a reality check and some TV on DVD picks. You can find the full show notes with start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 194. I'm Jason the TVaholic from tvaholic.com, and this week I have joining me... Kyle Nolan from NoReruns.net. And Laurel Brown from ZapToIt.com. All right. Thank you both for joining me this week. Thanks for having me back. First up, we've got a couple of uh, couple of news items. Uh, the first one has got a little bit of good and a little bit of bad. A&E uh, picked up Longmire for a third season, which I was happy about, and then promptly followed it the next day with canceling the Glades after four seasons, which I was not happy about. How about you, Kyle? I wouldn't have been... I, I'm not watching Longmire. I quit that during season one, but the Glades, I wouldn't have been so upset if it didn't end with such a cliffhanger ending for that fourth season. <laughs> if, if they had actually given it an ending, I would have been fine. Okay, four seasons, that's a decent run. But leaving it on that, that cliffhanger was just absurd. Yeah, a cliffhanger that the whole season builds to. You know, right. that, and, then, and then you leave the, you know, spoiler alert, the star of your show line with been shot. So, yeah, if they would have just... See, this is the problem with the cable shows in that they're always their production schedule is always nowhere near for the most part when they're actually airing. And so you end up with these shows like this that was filmed and in the can long before they aired it this summer. And so when the ratings aren't coming in quite as good as they had hoped and they decide to cancel it, they can't go and say, oh, you need to rewrite the you know we need to give it a finale episode you know like if they were just a couple episodes behind it you know and decided they could have uh you know given it something like that or they actually like i don't know had the wedding <laughs> well they could the really the really crazy part and like probably why they thought they could get away with doing a big cliffhanger ending is the ratings weren't down I yeah, mean, the ratings yeah. were just fine for the for that show the ratings were pretty good and I don't think anybody saw that one coming, and I mean, there has been no word about why it was canceled. I mean, I, I even asked, and the official response was no one's commenting. Yeah, so, it, was, it was just it was weird, weird because you have, I mean, for the course of the season, the ratings were down a little bit, but like the season finale apparently had, like, it was the second highest rated episode of the, of the series. So like... Right. It still has, apparently, it still has interest, you know, from from people, and uh, I don't know. It just just seems weird, especially the other note on it is that it was the first A and E scripted show to grab an audience. Yep. I mean, they had some other shows, but this was the first one that had, you know, actually got an audience, and so to sort of screw over the first audience that you ever got. You know, the people that were still with you four seasons later, 
I think that's really crappy. It'll be like AMC canceling Mad Men mid-season or something. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it just, uh, I don't know. It's one of those that, that doesn't make any sense, really. I mean, you never know what the the cost of things are, you know, behind the scenes and stuff like that. But I can't imagine that ten episode seasons of the show are hugely expensive, and with the you know the ratings continuing to be relatively solid. Yeah. I mean, maybe there was an issue with the actors or filming in Florida or something like that, but I don't know. It is a, it is a weird one. Yeah, maybe maybe their tax credit ran to an end or something. <laughs> 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 Who knows what the what the cost of filming in real, different places are these days? But yeah, that was uh, that one was one I was disappointed in because of the well, partially because I just liked the show. I just you know some fun characters, a good summer show. But then to leave you after, you know, 40 episodes like that, I think is just, uh, <laughs> it's just wrong. I have, I have the, that I've, I've said it before. I think that if a show goes, you know, 30 plus episodes, if, if people have stuck with you for, you know, 30 hours of their life, they are sort of deserved <laughs> some sort of ending to a series that has, that had a continuing storyline to it. You know, if they just were just coming in and solving the case and going out, you know, if they weren't putting in these long arcs in each season, then it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't bother me in the least, like Kyle said. Right. But I think that's enough about the Glades and, and <laughs> A&E. Just really crappy on A&E's part. Uh, and, and w well, one last thing. If you're a fan of Longmire, don't be surprised if at the end of next season or the season after <laughs> that you're... <laughs> that your show has been canceled with a cliffhanger because Longmire does season-long arcs with a cliffhanger as well. Longmire should be filming an extra little five-minute ending <laughs> just in case that they can throw on the DVD for the fans. Yeah, it's just... Yeah. Uh, I don't know. All right, and the other news item, uh, which announced today uh, as we're recording, uh, HBO has decided to end True Blood next season. Uh, in 2014, which will be its uh, seventh season, which seems like a a good long run for the show that, I don't know, some people still love it, and other people just, like, <laughs> it it's like went so bizarre so quickly that they dropped out way early on. I gave up on it a few years I ago now. <laughs> <laughs> I've stuck with it, and sometimes I wonder why am I still watching this. So I was thrilled that I'm finally going to be released. <laughs> when I, I, I have a hard time canceling my season passes, so yeah, I will be watching right. this and happy that maybe it finally comes to a decent ending. I mean, they got to be almost running out of ideas. I think this season ended with like zombies coming, so I mean they're they're <laughs> scraping the bottom of the barrel for ideas yeah. now. Well, is I have no idea, but does it have any, like, connection to, like, what the book series was <laughs> any longer? Think, or is it like... I thought they veered off. Is <laughs> it, or has it long since gone gone away from any anything near that? I think it I think veered off somewhere. A while. <laughs> yeah. since, like, since, like, season two sometime? Probably about that. One thing I'm curious is if they're actually going to get, like, Hall H next year at comic-con like most of these shows that actually <laughs> have their finales but are there even enough people that are still watching that care about it i don't know i don't That's know a hard question well it's are there enough people or are there 
would there be enough people at Comic Con? Those, those are the, that's true. <laughs> at yeah. Comic Con, you might you might be able to. All right. Yeah. With that, uh, we'll move on to our uh, CBS Fall TV preview uh, for Fall 2013. Uh, we'll take we'll go through uh, the schedule. If you've been listening to our last couple episodes, we'll go through each day and talk a little bit about the shows, and then uh, we'll talk a little bit about the schedule overall and maybe mention a mid-season show to look out for, and uh, then we'll move on to uh, our primetime segment. But uh, first up, uh, Sundays. Uh, Sundays on CBS will be uh, 60 Minutes, followed by The Amazing Race and The Good Wife and The Mentalist, all starting, all, all returning back on uh, September 29th. So, Kyle, what of those will you be watching? Uh, all of the above, as well as some football overrun that will <laughs> definitely mess up this schedule. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to another season of Amazing Race. I've been watching that since the beginning. Uh, the Good Wife, uh, they did that nice shakeup of things at the end of the last season with um, Alicia possibly going joining Carrie's spinoff firm, so that should be interesting to see what happens. And then the, the Mentalist, I really hope... <laughs> they finally end this whole Red John thing. I mean, we're down to like five people, one in per episode, and we can be done. Like, just investigate one person per week, and then we can move on to something new. But I'm still watching. Well, they are... They Apparently they're promising that you're going to get a real conclusion to that this season. So, And apparently even in the first part of the season. So that would be... That'd be good, because it's long since needed to be done. How about you, uh, Laurel? Watching any of those? Um, if I can manage to finally get caught up on The Good Wife, I would love to be watching that come fall. Uh, they've only just put um, the old episodes on Hulu, which is literally the first time past episodes of The Good Wife have been available online anywhere. Um, I've been trying to catch up on the show for ages, and finding episodes that aren't like last week's episode, it's virtually impossible. And so I was really excited to hear that it was actually going to be online so I could catch up because I've been wanting to watch the show regularly for years and I might actually have a chance now. So um, I'm not really into any of the others on Sunday nights though, so that would be it for me. Yeah, well, you've got a, you've got a, a good period of time now between now and uh, the 29th to get caught up. Yep. Unfortunately, I've got a few other marathons I'm working on. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. A, other than that issue. Yeah. yeah, there's, there's, yeah, there's that problem. There's, there's catching up with stuff. There's trying to keep up with stuff, <laughs> and then there's the, the stuff that's coming, uh, just weeks away. Right. Yeah, for me, I'm looking forward to uh, the Good Wife returning, like Kyle mentioned, uh, with the the sort of shakeup that they have. Uh, you know, coming to the dynamic of the show, I'm interested to see how they work with that. And just in general, it's for the most part, it's been, uh, you know, a really, really good show. And then also with The Mentalist, I've been watching, I keep watching, and they're telling me that I'm finally going to get an answer, so I'm going to continue to watch. Uh, so, but with that, we'll move on to Mondays. And uh, Mondays will be. Uh, the comedy block will be How I Met Your Mother, We Are Men, uh, Two Broke Girls, and Mom, 
with uh, How I Met Your Mother starting on September 23rd. Uh, and that'll start with a, a one-hour episode. And then We Are Men, new show, will take uh, the place after How I Met Your Mother as of September 30th. And then Two Broke Girls and Mom, uh, new show Mom, both start up on September 23rd. And CBS will close out the night with the new show Hostages, also starting up on the 23rd. So, uh, Laurel, what about uh, Mondays for you? Uh, well, I've I've been watching How I Met Your Mother for years now, and I actually have to say that my view on that show is sort of like Kyle's was on True Blood at this point, where... You're not I sure why you've like been watching. <laughs> I feel like I've committed enough time to the show that I'm going to stick it out till the end. Um, I'm really seriously hoping they do end it at some point soon because it's a show that it's a show that's ready to be over. I do their one weekend season as they like, apparently are trying to do. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I don't watch Two Broke Girls, so that really doesn't. I'm going to be watching that show ever again it was really awful uh mom on the other hand i really liked and probably assuming it fits into my schedule i'll probably will watch that and uh hostages i may be in the minority here but i really didn't like it that much i thought it was trying a little too hard to be the network television version of homeland and not necessarily doing a good job and I didn't honestly like any of the characters, so I really I was sort of like watching it going, well, if they all get shot, you know, whatever. So that's pretty much my Monday nights. All right, how about you, Kyle? Um, so How I Met Your Mother, uh, I'm still watching, but not as enthused. I'm hoping that they don't go back in their word and say that this is going to be the final season, but we'll see what happens. Um, and I'm not also not excited that it's all supposed to take place over like two days. Yeah. Well, what would be the next yeah. season? Like it all takes place like on their honeymoon or something or what? Like the, the next yeah. day? <laughs> or they jump ahead and do some stuff with the, the group or something. We, we Are Men, I thought that was just terrible. Like I have no interest in watching any more of that. Uh, two Broke Girls, it's another one where I have no clue why I'm still watching it. I set that season pass when it first started, and it's still sitting there. Um, and then Mom, the same reasons why I'm wondering why I, I still watch Two Broke Girls is why I don't like Mom. I really like Anna Faris, and I like that that character she's playing. It's the same character she plays in all her movies, like the ditzy uh, blonde who doesn't know what's going on and is having problems in her life. But I just can't stand all the drug and sex jokes and Alice and Janney's character. I just don't like at all um i just don't know i i hope i can delete i have the season pass set just to see the first episode or the first second episode but i really hope i can find the courage to delete that one <laughs> <laughs> and hostages i really enjoyed i i thought it was great um it was a interesting drama it sets up like this big conspiracy i like the cast um and so, yeah, I guess I'm the opposite of Laurel. I, I really enjoy Tosh. It's, 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 it's one of the dramas I'm really looking forward the new dramas I'm really looking forward to this season. Yeah, well, Kyle, it sounds like in the vein of How I Met Your Mother, we may need to throw you an intervention. Yes. <laughs> and uh, help you delete a few things off the, the DVR. Uh, yeah, for me, I'm 
been watching How I Met Your Mother. Uh, it goes up and down in quality, but there's still, you know, there's still always been good episodes. You know, each each season, and uh, I'm interested to see how they're going to do this season because such a different format, like you know, for from what they've done. So that that'll be interesting just to see. Uh, we are men, you know, good cast of, you know, for a uh, for a comedy, but didn't really grab me for you know continuing to want to watch you know these four guys uh, try and fix their lives or whatever. Uh, haven't been wa- stop watching Two Broke Girls last season. Good uh, for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am interested in Mom. I as I like. Uh, uh, Anna Ferris as well, but also like Allison Janney, she's really good. You know, you, you kind of think of her from, you know, the West Wing and stuff like that, but she's actually really good from, you know, in a comedy setting. I'm interested to see, give that one a little time to develop to see where they go with, you know, with that, with that dynamic. And then on Hostages, uh, I liked Hostages, except for one thing, and it's that there's the possibility of there being a second season. I hate that they, <laughs> they backtracked that, on that. Yeah. that. That kills me because the idea of this, I'm, you know, I'm sort of up for. I liked, I liked what they set up in the first, and I could see it, you know, taking place over, you know, the, the episodes taking place over a short period of time, and there being a resolution, but I don't see, like what he gets away and they go after uh they get a new set of hostages like what's the i don't like what's the deal i don't <laughs> or it's some new conspiracy or something yeah. uh, cbs seems to have done that they made this whole big deal about advertising that they were doing this whole like short series uh limited run series thing and then every showrunner has been backtracking on that saying well you know uh well if it, we might we can extend it to another season if we want to uh so everyone you know, seems to be yeah that's, that's so lame because then you're like you're just spinning your wheels you know and just to try and and milk out another season where you could create you know they don't want to call it a mini series anymore or anything. Is this limited series or whatever? But limited series event actually. Yeah, but they won't Not just limited series. <laughs> but the problem is, is they won't limit it. <laughs> and th- thus making it less of an event when you when you do that. I mean, like American Horror Story was able to do that. They did something that was a one season story, and then did something completely new the next season. So, yeah, if you're going to do you know some sort of like you know something like that, that's that's different. But I don't see how you you know this is something where they're talking they can go yeah with the same set of characters and stuff like that and continue on, and that's just like the way the first episode sets things up is like. How many times can you do that, you know, and before the goal that they've set up, you know, has to go one way or the other? There's also the issue that, like, unlike American Horror Story, which has gone the route of, okay, pick a horror genre, we're going to explore this horror genre every season. It's just a new, it, like, they can, they have a new genre to go into where they don't, they're not beholden to anything that came before except that it's horror. And with this, it's almost like, okay, if it's hostages, it has to be hostages. Yeah. (laughs) Another interesting hostage situation that can take up an entire season's worth of episodes, which 
I mean, all hostage situations are really very similar in a lot of ways. I mean, there's little differences here and there, but I mean, it's not like the difference between witches and an insane asylum, asylum, for example. So I don't know if they can do it that way. Yeah, not, just, it, not effectively anyway. Yeah, at I, least NBC called theirs crisis. <laughs> that, that one you can mix into anything. Yeah, we'll see that one. At least I could see. I mean, that one sets up in such a way. Uh, spoiler alert for uh, next week's preview uh, <laughs> for NBC. Uh, but yeah, with crisis, that one sets up, you know, like some FBI characters and stuff like that that are you know, investigating the crisis and you could have that play out for the season. And then some of those characters come back, but they're dealing with a new crisis. That makes sense. The way this is set up, there's, there's no such way to do that uh, for, you know, a subsequent season that, you know, that makes sense from what you see in the first episode. Uh, And the idea that you have is I'd be, way more on board with this if I knew that you were going to get a complete conclusion at the end of 13 episodes. Right. I yeah. mean, they can't, they really can't do like what the killing did and just not tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you can't do that. Sorry. This is not going to work in this case. <laughs> no one is going to wait that long to find out how a hostage situation re- resolves. Yeah. Well, with that, we'll move on to uh, Tuesdays. Uh, Tuesdays on CBS will be NCIS, followed by NCIS Los Angeles, and then closing out the night with the person of interest uh, moving to a new night, uh, all starting up on September 24th. Kyle, what about you on uh, Tuesdays? Tuesdays I'll be watching other networks. (laughs) (laughs) I don't watch any of those shows. How about you, Laurel? Well, I'm not a big NCIS person, so... I will also be watching other networks for the, for that two-hour block. Um, Person of Interest is actually one of my other, if I marathon it all in time, I'm going to start watching it shows for the fall. So uh, there's a chance I will try to watch Person of Interest, but that would be it for me. I uh, just never got into the either of the NCIS shows. Yeah, well, Person of Interest is actually one that they finally got the episodes out online exactly uh, as well and (laughs) and and it was even worse than something like the good wife where they didn't even have like the the past couple of episodes to catch up on you know like on demand or or online you know during the season if you didn't watch on thursday night you were out of luck (laughs) you know i mean it was like it was like very old school (laughs) tv (laughs) like this is your one shot uh, to watch it. And so you end up very much like, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of people like you, Laurel, that, you know, once you miss an episode or two, you're, you'd just be behind because there actually is ongoing story arc in, in the show. Exactly. I mean, it sounds like it's been really good the last season or so, and I like to check it out, but I haven't seen it since early in season one, and I don't think it'll mean much to me if I tried to jump in now. <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing. Like I think I saw like the first three or four episodes, and it was just way too much on, and it dropped off. I keep hearing exactly. good things about it, but I just haven't had a chance to catch up on it. Yeah, I'm looking forward, given what where they went by the end of uh, last season, to see where they go this season. And I like the addition, the 
the additions to the cast of of a Sarah Shahi uh, becoming a series regular. I like the the addition of that character last season, and it, it makes for some new directions that they can go. And so I'm really looking forward to uh, to that one. And for me, uh, on at least uh, on network side, it's the only thing that interests me at 10 o'clock on on, a, on Tuesdays. So that's a I, it's a good spot for it. I like it. I kind of like it there better than on a crowded Thursday. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think it. Uh, I think it actually plays well with you know. It's sort of sort of an action night of TV for CBS. Oh yeah, I think it's. I think for CBS, it's a good choice. It's just, you know, the few of us who have not been watching NCIS aren't likely to start at this point. <laughs> yeah. but, you mean you're not going to marathon it and catch up, Laurel? <laughs> no, I marathon ten seasons of NCIS to catch up. <laughs> Nor do I think it's necessary, actually. Yeah, pretty much not. Uh, no. I have seen some episodes, and that's enough. All right. We'll move on to uh, Wednesday, uh, which will uh, – Wednesdays on CBS will start out with The Survivor starting up on September 18th. And then it will be followed by Criminal Minds and CSI uh, both starting up the following week on September 25th. So, Laurel, what about you on Thursday – or Wednesdays? Yeah, I honestly really don't know much of anything about those shows. <laughs> <laughs> another so. another night off from CBS for Laurel. Kind of. How about you, Kyle? For me, it's a whole night on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Survivor, I, I'm still watching after I who knows how many seasons. Um, so I'm kind of interested in, as much as I hate when they people make a career out of being reality TV stars. <laughs> who um, knew that was something that you could do, like... <laughs> 20 years ago when the show started. Well, but I'm kind of interested to like see this. 13 years ago. It's been yeah. like 20-something seasons. They do two it. I always yeah. you mess that up. It makes it seem like it's been on much longer than it's than it has. But this season, they're bringing on some past people, and they're bringing a loved one to compete with them, which should be interesting because one guy, Jervis, who was on the um, – the first season is going to be competing with his niece, uh, who, like, 13 years ago, how old was she? She's like, she was probably wasn't even old enough to watch him on the show, because uh, I think she's, like, 26 or 20, 20, yeah, she might be 26, so I guess she was just old enough to see him on the show, but it's just weird, it, but I, I'm kind of interested to see that that twist. Um, and then Criminal Minds, I'm still enjoying. They they have some interesting cases, and CSI, it's the original one that I started watching, I dropped off watching the the spin-offs, but I've stuck with the original one, and I like how they've mixed up the cast over the years, and and uh, I still find it uh, to be an entertaining show. Yeah, for me, the only thing I'm regularly watching is Criminal Minds. Uh, probably still watch that. Uh, CSI, I dropped off again last season, uh, even though I like the new you know the new cast with Ted Danson at the head. Uh, I think that's that sort of revived the show uh, from it had some, you know, uh, down years there for a bit. But uh, but that's one that, you know, I may catch an episode here or there, but for the most part, uh, it's dropped off the list just because there's too many other things. And I think uh, so I think that's uh, Wednesday and we'll move on to uh, Thursday, which uh, is an, an interesting night for CBS because they've now gone. 
uh, into the full two-hour comedy block on uh, Thursday nights. And it'll kick off with uh, The Big Bang Theory uh, with, I believe, an hour episode starting up on September 26th. And then the following week on October 3rd, a new show, The Millers, will follow it. And then those will both be followed by new show, uh, The Crazy Ones, starting up on September 26th. And then uh, Two and a Half Men, which is I'm, – I'm not even sure how they're calling it that anymore. <laughs> but but uh, The girl counts as half a man. Apparently. <laughs> uh, as of uh, September 26th, and then that will be followed by uh, uh, the second season of Elementary starting up on September 26th as well. Okay, Kyle, so Thursday is for you. Uh, well, uh, I'm still watching The Big Bang Theory. I'm still enjoying that. The best thing they ever did was add the two uh, nerdy girls on there. It became a much better show. Um, then The Millers. Um, I have mixed feelings about that. I really like the premise. I like the cast. Too many fart jokes. But apparently maybe that's not going to happen in the follow-up episodes. But I'll, I'll give that one a chance. Um, crazy one I really enjoyed. I just wonder why they're advertising it like with all this dramatic music and then say, watch our new comedy. Like It's just the oddest ads that they've had for that. Because it, it is a comedy, but it is, a, it is dramatic. But if you're going to advertise it as a comedy, I mean, it's Robin Williams doing his usual Robin Williams shtick. So uh, it's definitely a comedy. Um, yeah, well, I, the other ad for it is is uh them with Kel- Kelly Clarkson which is basically an outtake it's not, yeah. <laughs> you know it, from the, so that's that's actually you know that's funny but it's also not really in the episode i also wonder how they're going to mo- do it moving forward are they going to bring on like a celebrity every week as like a guest star or something and and do it that way but i'm interested to see but i'm definitely that was one of my favorite new comedies uh and it's interesting to see cbs with a comedy without a laugh track i don't know the last time they ever had one that was like a single camera comedy but on monday with we are men oh uh, that was comedy that's right (laughs) (laughs) no it's hard to remember but it was supposed to be funny (laughs) Uh, apparently without a laugh track even harder to remember that it was supposed to be funny they just need yeah. to add Robin Williams to it, and then you. Uh, well, two and a half minutes. If, you have, you, watch, uh, if yeah. you have Robin Williams, it's kind of hard to throw in a laugh track because he's just sort of all over the place. There's no time <laughs> to insert suck. one. <laughs> uh, two and a half minutes. I'm definitely not watching. Uh, in elementary, I'm looking forward to another season. Um, I really like the dynamic and the the female Watson that they have. It's it's completely different from Sherlock, but it's also really entertaining i just like the show a lot so i'm looking forward to that and how about for you laurel well i'm also really really looking forward to the crazy ones um even if it weren't a good pilot i'd probably still watch it just for the cast because i love the cast um but it is also a good pilot and so i mean i think i've seen the pilot like three or four times at this point uh not complaining about that i will probably watch it again when it premieres but it was easily one of the best comedies for me. Uh, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to that a lot. The Millers, I really, really wanted to like it. Um, again, I like all the actors. 
they did a panel at the TCA press tour, which was possibly one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Um, I like the creator of the show. Like, I like his other shows that he's done, which is, that's Greg Garcia, who's now got Raising Hope on. He did My Name is Earl before. I love his other shows. I didn't find the pilot episode for the Millers to be funny. Like, I kind of laughed a little bit at, like, one or two things, but not enough to keep watching it. Um, and it wasn't just because of fart jokes, although they weren't that funny, although that... Amusingly, someone did make a good point about how fart jokes are only, farts are only funny when you can hear them, and the irony, of course, is that you don't hear this joke, this fart. So how is the joke supposed to be funny? Um, but yeah, I mean, I really wanted to like it. So far, I am not impressed, but I might give it another chance just to see if it can overcome a really bad pilot. Um, I've never really watched Two and a Half Men, and I don't really think I'm going to start, so that's fine. Um, the Big Bang Theory is one of those shows that, if I've got nothing better to do and it's on, I will totally watch it, but I've never gotten into it, so I think I'm still pretty busy on Wednesdays at 8, so I'm not really thinking about that one too much. And kind of the same deal with Elementary. I had other shows I was watching last year, so I you know, I caught it sometimes, I missed it sometimes. I like it just fine, but it's not a commitment show for me. Yeah, for me, uh, I continue to watch The Big Bang Theory. I agree with Kyle. Adding uh, the extra characters uh, helped fill that show out, made it, you know, it's basically the nerdy version of Friends. Uh, (laughs) And, uh, you know, the Millers, there's, I think there's potential there, you know, with, obviously with the cast that they have. Uh, and as there's been some, uh, not of the main players, but there's been some recasting, I guess, of, of like his sister and, and, and stuff, uh, or his sister's husband on that side of the thing. So it'd be interesting to see how the, the new episode plays out. I think the fart jokes are such an easy thing to like grasp onto when there wasn't a whole lot that was, you know, super funny in the, in the first episode to like, but it, it makes it also sound like, uh, if you listen, if you, you know, if you're like watching Twitter or you hear stuff from TCA or, or, uh, you know, some of the, the early, you know, not full reviews, but just, you know, early thoughts on it. You, it makes it seem like the show is wall to wall fart jokes. <laughs> yeah, like, like I, I would have actually liked it better. If you <laughs> yeah. some, of the, some of the fart jokes were actually some of the times I laughed a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I'll they, admit that's actually one, one of those jokes did make me laugh. But yeah, <laughs> you know, it's so. But it's still, it's just one of those things that's just like it. It makes it sound so much worse than uh, it may be. I think there's potential with that one, even if. I'm interested. That's one of those that I watched and I wasn't, you know, I didn't think it was terrible. I, but I think what it sets up gives you lots of potential of places to go. So I'm interested to see, you know, where they go with that one. Uh, the same with the crazy ones. Uh, that's another one that, you know, given the cast, you know, it's a great cast. And while I'm not sure that setting something within an ad agency is. <laughs> <laughs> this day and age is the greatest uh, thing, but I like the idea of them being able to play with various brands and 
and uh, you know things like that, and it gives them like they did in in the first episode with Kelly Clarkson to bring on guest stars playing themselves, and so I'm I'm definitely interested to to give that a few more, and uh, two and a half men, I kind of stopped. I finally actually stopped watching that last season, <laughs> but I'm sort of I'm I'm probably gonna watch the first the first one just to see how they introduce the new the new character and i really like amber tamblin too so that's <laughs> that's another reason to to check in to see uh what's going on there uh, and then elementary i really liked elementary i liked it from the beginning i although i think it got much better as it went along uh especially once they started to add in more of the sort of overall story arc and then a great twist on that uh by the end of the season and I'm, uh, I've, you know, seen the ads for the new season. I'm really looking forward to them, you know, starting the new season by going over to England, where you get to meet more of the, the characters you know from, uh, you know, the Sherlock Holmes story, and uh, that looks like that's going to be, you know, a fun way to start out the new season. And uh, you know, really looking forward to that one coming back. Although, for Thursday nights, completely different than. <laughs> <laughs> then something like like Tuesday nights, that last hour of prime time is chock full of things I want to watch. So, with the scandal and now Parenthood, Parenthood on the night that it should have been on, only you know five seasons too late. Because uh, that show has always made sense to me to end the night a night of comedy. It's you know it's drama, but it has that hint of comedy that it seems to work there. But uh, but yeah, so CBS. Probably be watching, well, the first, you know, the first week I'll be watching all of them. But uh, after that, probably the first two thirds, and then we'll see how things play out with the Millers and uh, and the crazy ones. But uh, but for those of you listening, it's not wall-to-wall fart jokes on the Millers, in case, in <laughs> case you thought that that was the case. Nah, it's just, it's a very flawed sitcom pilot, but it's a good premise for a show and they have everything they need to make a good show so it might get good and there really are only about two or three fart jokes yeah and and it is with with the creator and the cast is you know and pilots are tough comedy pilots even more so because you have to get that whole dynamic together and i you know i think very seldom does it do the do comedies just completely hit from the get-go and uh and even ones that do come out really solid they still tend to get you know a lot of times tend to get better and so it's sort of ones that need a little bit of uh need to be given a little bit of time to uh to find themselves it's a good thing the networks never rush to cancel stuff right (laughs) yeah totally (laughs) yeah well uh well for cbs they would have to really tank, you know. Like, well, they, they did cancel Partners yeah. last year. But uh, I mean, when you're when you're pre- you're going to be premiering after a show that gets like sixteen, seventeen million people watching it or something like that, you know, if the Millers comes in for a couple of weeks and it's you know hanging at less than ten or something, then it's likely to go. Even though it would be by far a hit on any other network. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay. And we'll move on to Fridays. Uh, Fridays on CBS. 
will be uh, Undercover Boss uh, starting out on uh, September 27th. And that'll be followed by Hawaii Five O moving to its new night and time, also starting up on the 27th. And the night will close out with uh, Blue Buds as of September 27th. Anything for you on on Friday nights, Laurel? I have other shows I watch on Friday nights, so it's not going to happen for CBS now. And how about you, Kyle? Um, I occasionally catch Undercover Boss, but that's about it. And that's not even one that I definitely watch. I don't watch the other two. I've been watching Hawaii Five-0. Uh, it's, it's really not great. There's a, <laughs> there's a couple of aspects of it that are fun, you know, uh, with the, you know, the McGarrett and Danny character, their back and forth is always fun and stuff like that. And you, you know, you get some action, but some of the story elements are lame and even the, and the ongoing stuff is completely ridiculous, but I, I may, you know, I may continue to watch that, but it may be, a, you know, even though it's on Friday night, there's just so much stuff from the week. Like, I'll be, Fridays tend to be a night to catch up on things from Thursday and stuff. But, uh, and then Blue Bloods, I really like that show, but it was just one of those shows last season that because of so much stuff, that by the end of the season, I just got so far behind that uh, it was one that I was trying to keep up with on a and when it only had the last four episodes, and pretty soon I was five weeks behind, and then six weeks behind, and then I was just like too far behind, and just uh, stopped watching that one. So I don't know if I'll I'll pick that one back up or not, but probably not as of this point. Uh, there's just so many other things. Let's see that uh, that closes out Friday. And then uh, CBS on Saturdays will be – they usually have uh, repeats of their their new stuff for the first few weeks. And then they'll go into repeats of old stuff after a few weeks. And they'll close out the night with 48 Hours Mystery as of September 28th. And uh, that will do it for the daily look at, uh, at the CBS uh, fall schedule. Laurel, what do you think of uh, sort of CBS's schedule overall? Um, I think I think they may start to get some challenges in areas that they haven't had them before, like Tuesday night, for example. I think I think NCIS, I think the like the dominance of NCIS is finally going to break this season. Um, I mean, ABC's got Agents of Shield that night, which is almost definitely going to be a pretty big one, and. I mean, NCIS is the main NCIS is losing a key cast member. The show has been on for a decade, um, so I wouldn't be surprised if CBS does lose some viewers um, to the other networks this season. But all in all, I don't think they'll lose many because it's still a really strong schedule. And in my opinion, they have some of they have some of the best comedies coming on TV this fall, which, to a certain taste, has been one of their major flaws um, of the past few years. So the fact that they're putting on comedies that people who've been going to other networks for their comedy needs can watch or will actually like, I think it does say something about the fact that CBS is not going to be in huge trouble this season, this year. I don't think they'll, I don't think they're going to hurt that much. How about you, Kyle? Uh, Well, when I look at the CBS schedule, it always baffles me why they're the number one network. 
because <laughs> there are like two nights that I'm literally not watching anything on their channel, which I think I watch more Fox stuff. Um, I mean, CW is probably the only network that I watch less because they just have a lot less stuff. Um, but, like, for the most part, I, there's a bunch of these shows I watch on CBS, but they're not necessarily my favorites of the night and usually aren't the things that I I end up watching live. I end up watching a lot of the other stuff live because they, they're they more of the appointment shows to me. Like, um, But, yeah, it, it always baffles me why they're the number one network. Like, who is watching? Like, even when the power out, it, like, when they were killed in three major networks uh, in three major areas, their, their ratings didn't change at all. So I'm wondering... <laughs> How, like we already know that the Nielsen's aren't that accurate, but I mean that sh- that should have proved it. There, if you kill like New York, L.A., and whatever the third market was, and they're still doing the same numbers. Right. Yeah, well, did they have did they have a bump back up with the Monday night? Slight one, I think. Not much though. It was a very very slight bump. Yeah, you would think that. Uh... I mean, you would think that statistic-wise that they would be able to f- factor in and, like, that that would factor in somehow. Uh, like, if they have a Nielsen family in one of the <laughs> – in those areas, they wouldn't be able to watch anything on CBS. So uh, – and and then the other thing kind of with that is there were, uh, there were some areas that had uh, a huge increase in – sales of antennas <laughs> so so there were still people in those areas watching some of that uh some of that stuff or there was a huge influx of people that canceled their time warner cable and went went another direction which was which is great for those people that live in an area where there actually is multiple uh choices yeah other than like there's actually places that have some multiple cable options as opposed to like having like direct TV be an option with your cable. Cause, cause where I'm at, my only option is Comcast or a satellite. That's, that's, those are the two things. And, and then given where I live, satellite is not always the greatest with the wind, rain and trees <laughs> <laughs> around where I am. So, it's pretty much Comcast or or nothing in in my area. So uh, I would be more than happy for there to be multiple choices to of things to to use. But for me, I think uh, CBS. I I think they they've kept things, you know, some of their stuff they've kept, you know, where it's done really well or done you know pretty well uh, the last couple of years. Uh, I I really like the move of person of interest as I mentioned before uh, to close out Tuesday nights. Uh, I'm although I am interested to see how Marvel's Agents of Shield does past the premiere because that's going to be huge. <laughs> I'm interested to see how many people stick around with it and how much, if any, uh, that uh, does anything to the NCIS uh, numbers. And then I'm also interested to see. How CBS does on Thursdays, uh, I think that's a, you know they've been sort of slowly moving in this direction over the last few seasons uh, to to like taking over the the comedy block from NBC, which uh, has had some NBC has had some really solid comedies in the past, uh, but given what they're putting up this year, 
I think uh, CBS. This was a good year to to go all comedy, uh, even though I really like Michael J. Fox show. But um, well, see that lines up with Two and a Half Men, yeah, so, so it's like per- it's like perfect timing. Like I can watch the crazy ones, jump back to Michael J. Fox, and like it's excellent. It's perfect. <laughs> And uh, but yeah, so I'm interested to see how that uh, how that plays out for them uh, with that with that move. And uh, to close things out, haven't you know only have seen uh, one of they've got a, a few mid season shows they've already announced: uh, Intelligence, uh, Reckless, and uh, another comedy, Friends with Better Lives. Uh, the only one I think any of us have seen is Intelligence. Uh, yeah, and. Uh, but even based on sort of the the logline description, if that was it, intelligence would be the one I would be most looking forward to uh, of those three. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's Chuck with a hot lead and much more serious. Yeah, so. that's, that's why I've been calling it. It's a serious Chuck. Yeah. Yeah, well, not I, I, necessarily a plus, but you know, whatever. I, I put down it would be like if Bryce Larkin or Casey got the internet. Yeah, that, that, that's that, that. Yeah, I said that. I said that a while back too. I said it, it'd be like if if Chuck started out with him not getting <laughs> with with him not getting the intersect, and uh, you know somebody highly trained getting the intersect. You know, like Bryce Larkin. But yeah, I I like some of the stuff they set up in the first episode. I like the more action oriented type series anyways. I'm, you know, I'm interested to see uh, where they go with it. It'll take uh it'll take the place of hostages uh starting in uh when things return in 2014 as hostages is only going to run in the fall. I hope it only runs in this <laughs> fall like before, but you know, <laughs> that's enough about that. Uh but uh, I think of those intelligence is the one uh, sort of to keep an eye out for going forward. And uh, with that, uh, we'll move on to our primetime segment. And uh, the first show up is uh, Broadchurch, which is uh, season one, episode four, uh, which is titled episode four, appropriately enough. Uh, <laughs> the, the, they, they're really creative with their uh, their show titles over there. Again, though, I, I'm really enjoying this, but... They've started filming a second season, which makes me go, "What?" It made well, the no. what too. Yeah, I mean, you could you could have uh, these cops well, investigating yeah. another crime, but it's such a small town type of thing, and this this is the first like murder in like forever in the area that unless they uncover like something much bigger as the reason that they could continue investigating, it just seems like a weird sort of. Uh, if they were cops in a big town, of course there would be another case like this to investigate or something. But it just seems kind of weird in the you know the small seaside town that they're set. Uh, but uh, beyond that, uh, Kyle, what do you think of uh, Broadchurch? I'm just glad I'm not a detective in this town because every <laughs> single resident is so guilty of something. <laughs> it, it, like, how are you supposed to figure out who actually did this crime? Because everywhere you turn, someone else has new evidence against them that they're up to no good. Or, like, there's that older woman with like a, who's going by some fake name now, and, like, she obviously has something to hide. And all these reporters now are, are moving in to the, to the city and... and 
do or the town and and stirring things up. Um, I mean, I, I I really enjoy it, but it's it's frustrating that I can't figure out <laughs> what's going on. Like, there's so many clues in every episode of like various people to make everyone look guilty. Well, apparently, in one of their uh, uh, one of the the sort of behind the scenes th- things that they have out on demand, uh, at least in our area here, uh, shows that the you know the creators of the show that they wrote it and nobody acting in it had any idea if they were the killer or not until right. <laughs> until you know the episode where it's like revealed <laughs> who who did it so uh, with the idea that nobody would play it knowing that they were the killer so it it makes it sort of weird cuz they're all just playing these weird characters that you that all have something you know to hide uh, I just I like the the sort of atmosphere that they've set up, uh, the way that they film things where they just like in the first episode they just show the woman that you're talking about Kyle, she's just sort of off to the side and she just looks weird, you know like yeah like, <laughs> and that you know it, is she gonna come back and then you know later on it comes back that she you know is involved with with other things uh, where. The inter- the investigation has to interact with her and stuff, and so you start to see these characters start to fill out a little bit more, and you find out a little bit more about like uh, the the guy that owns the newspaper stand, and and then you know the dad, uh, you know all these things keep you know coming out. But the interesting thing is, as opposed to something like the killing, this show is doing roughly the same thing. You know, you know, as those as that style of show, but when they come across a new clue, it doesn't become this person did it. They're right. still investigating. Yeah. The thing that gets sort of infuriating over time with uh, the investigations on the killing is every time they would find a new clue that would point to somebody else, that was the person that did it, and they would just like drop everything and they would go after that person like they had done it until they found a new piece of information and then they would drop that and go after the new person. In this, it feels more like an investigation. Like they, they go after the father because he won't answer their questions. They don't necessarily just think based on that, you know, he did it. You (laughs) You don't get the feeling that they necessarily think that they just are trying to, you know, go through their investigation and find out where people were and keep going that it, that way it feels much more genuine and and real in this type of show and that you know that's following an investigation over multiple episodes as opposed to one yeah, yeah. No, mean, in this episode i was just gonna say it's just such a to me it's just sort of it is such a good mystery i mean it's just such a good mystery drama they actually make you care about the stakes and you really have no idea where they're going with stuff like, it's a real mystery. So many mysteries, I mean, you're just sort of like, okay, I know what's happening here. I know what's happening here. But this one, it's like, no, I really don't know what's going to come next. And it's pretty cool. And you actually have faith that they know what they're doing. Whereas, like, on, like, The Mentalist, it's like, okay, let's just call this Red John. And they probably didn't even know, like, who Red John was going to be until, like, they are like, oh, we should probably narrow this down. It's been four seasons. Maybe we should put in some people. And, like, this, you know they have an end game, And so they're they're putting all this stuff in to make people look guilty. Like, it's not just that they're trying to fill out some episodes. Um, 
and, and throwing some suspects. And I, I really like the David Tennant character. Like they keep, seem to be giving him more of a personality as 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 we get to know him. Like uh, with the the dinner that they had in this this episode when he goes to her house um, and doesn't want her calling him by his first name and and just wants her to basically look in his direction and say like Hey you instead. <laughs> Which to me that's genius. I'm like like I would lo- that's what I do. I don't call I don't like make sure I say people's names over and over again. Like I just look in their direction and talk to them. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think he's humorous and we're also seeing he has some kind of illness now and trying to figure out what's going on with him. So I mean they're also giving a lot of interesting stuff uh for these characters as well. Yeah, and I think it's you know, it started out with you know, even though the you know the murders right there in the beginning, they the the way they introduce, you know, the family and stuff like that, it gives you a similar feeling to what made the beginning of the killing good. Is right. is seeing how this affects, uh, is the investigation you're seeing how it affects not just the immediate family but the cops that are investigating it and you know the people around it, and and how that progresses over the you know, over the days, you know, like the, the stuff with the mom of like just needing to get out of the house, but she goes shopping, but that's like, now everybody's just looking at her or trying to keep busy by cleaning the bathtub. But then all she sees is stuff of her child's, you know, there and, you know, just, you know, some of that stuff, the way that they, you know, they've portrayed, uh, these characters, but then the little things that they keep throwing in, like finding money, in the kids, you know, not just a little bit, a lot of you know, <laughs> of money in in this kid's room, and uh, you know some of these other things that uh, you know, like the 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 lady has his his skateboard that they're looking for, and then the phone that they were looking for gets found, uh, you know, supposedly by the old guy at the stand, and so they keep they've showing you a little bit to make you wonder. About so you have some information that the cops don't have, but the you know you're seeing the cops find out new information that that pushes them in the direction. But like when they find out again, like I said, when they find out something about the newspaper guy, you know the newspaper stand guy, they don't instantly think, oh, this is the guy. But they but they now have to question him, and they question him like a suspect, but not like we found the guy, you know, type, right. yeah. type of thing. Uh, and so I'm I'm really en- enjoying that, and you know looking forward to uh, you know the second half of uh, of the season. Do you guys have any suspects who who you think? Uh, like everybody. Yeah, I know. Still, <laughs> I mean, I I really want them to talk to the the detective's son and find out what he deleted off that computer. That's still bugging me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it's coming back soon, but. Yeah, and yeah, and you know, you also see that he has some some connection or at least knew seems like he knew that the other kid was going to be out or something like that or uh there's yeah there's just lots of stuff but also an interesting aspect with watching this cop who's lived in this small town start to find out these weird things you know about people in her town that she had no idea about uh right. and and how it's changing her outlook on things and then you know also the aspect of her son being you know basically like best friends with the the boy that was murdered i mean all these 
all these different storylines. But yeah, for suspects, I don't know. They're still, you know, even <laughs> though, even though like the the dad now has sort of been cleared, you still think he's guilty because he's like, you know, almost. Uh, there's there's so many things that they've, uh, you know, potential things that they've pointed out uh, of of where it uh, of where it could go that you're you're not quite sure. Uh, it's, it's like you still need more investigation. You don't right. you, you and so that's another thing that makes you want to continue to watch because you don't uh, you don't feel like you know yet and you don't feel like you're being you know jerked around. Yeah, because it is a confusing situation. I mean, something weird happened. Like that's sort of the that's sort of the basis of the whole show is this is not something that should have happened, and it's weird and it's strange. So obviously, it's got to be confusing as you. Yeah, because they have you know all these different things. Like it looks like he may have been killed at this, you know this you know house thing up on the cliff, but that's not the cliff that he was found at the bottom of. But yet he also has seems to have been on a boat that's now been burned. And, right. you know, so there's there's a lot of these like what happened that night? You know, what they keep throwing in these. Uh, and then like the like, you know, like David Tennant is the main detective. He's like, what was wrong with this cliff? Like, this is a perfect <laughs> this is a perfectly good cliff to throw somebody off of. Like, why? Why do we find him way over there? Right. And so, yeah, there's uh, all kinds of stuff going on that. You know, and if you you know if you haven't been watching, you know, catch up. <laughs> the the episodes are out there. And with that, we'll move on to the second show in our primetime segment today, which is Continuum, uh, season two, episode thirteen, uh, second time, which is the season finale. And uh, Laurel, you do you watch Continuum? Yes, and I have to say that was one of the more confusing season finales I've ever seen. <laughs> Because, my goodness, that was confusing. <laughs> well, they just dropped, like, I mean, they've dropped stuff all along here and there, but they just dropped a whole ton of stuff in, yeah, that, in that final episode. And it it is kind of, because it leaves you going, okay, so the freelancers, are they sort of like time cops? Are, are they actually, are these guys actually kind of the good guys? They're trying to keep you know, some sort of equilibrium in the timeline or, or are, do they have some other nefarious purpose, you know, beyond that? And then, you know, but then they drop all kinds of stuff. Like you find out that the old Alec started liberate, but, you know, uh, but he also, but yet he also sent Kira back, you know, and then you find out that Jason is not Alex dad like he thought but his son because he's future alex son you know and and who also because of one of the freelancers (laughs) causing you know things happened sooner than that gave that gave you an interesting reason of why that when they got sent back they got sent back to the wrong time or you know a different time is things hadn't gone exactly the way they were supposed to (laughs) Right. And, uh, you know, they just all kinds of stuff that they, you know, that they, you know, and they showed that Kira's husband was, you know, knew a little bit more about, you know, some things uh, <laughs> than, than, than maybe you originally thought. And just so many, 
so many things uh, draw, and then to end it also with Alec apparently having set the thing so that he could go back and save his girlfriend, right? Which adds a whole new dynamic to because he's not going way back before he was born. He's going back <laughs> to like, is there going to be two of them next season? Like, how yeah. how are they going to figure that out? You know, with the with the time thing and. I think I think all of us are trying to figure out the time thing, yeah. <laughs> like all these relationships and who's where and who's related to who. But like, if he can stop his girlfriend from getting killed, can he also stop some of the other things that he already knows? Even though, you know, like he'll run into Kira and other people, you know, back just a few days or however far you know he went back. Is it does like the third season going to be sort of like a reboot of? You you put things in motion, but there's one person that knows where things went. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and then you've got like half of the characters sitting in plastic boxes. Yeah, I couldn't tell if that was like like cryo thing. If like maybe they're going to stay there, and then all of a sudden she's going to be back into her normal town at time because she basically was frozen until her her regular time and was let back out then. Uh-huh. Maybe. Yeah, I I don't know what they're doing with that. But then, like I said, you have Alec going back and he now he doesn't necessarily know that they've been put in boxes, but yet he could ultimately prevent that from happening. Right. If now where season three starts up is a few weeks in the past, you know, or or something, it'll it's just uh, so many, so many things. Yeah. And don't forget Carlo shaking hands with the terrorist kid. Like, like, what's up with that? Is he now going to join Liberate or something? And, like, try to go undercover and take them down? Like, yeah, I don't know. That part was that part was just very confusing because I didn't see where that one was coming from. I mean, he's satisfied with the police, but it's kind of an extreme move. (laughs) Well, the the other thing that was interesting was you see at the at the end that the things that happened became the creation of CPS was the, right. you know, the, the one sort of head cop, there guy is closing the, you know, the first ever city protective services manual. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, those types of things were, were interesting yet again. If, if Alex gone back in the past, those things are there, but they could ultimately change or, right. or they could end up, with that way again, but through different means, just uh, definitely an ending that you're like so glad that there's going to be a third season. <laughs> yeah, that would be a bad cliffhanger to end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is a, this is yeah definitely one of those shows that the way things build each season is this this show needs to be told. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's now officially gone long enough. You know, into a third season is now will now officially be long enough that they de- they and us deserve an actual ending uh, to this series, and so hopefully it'll be able to you know continue to go, but given a chance to uh, you know if it's going to run four seasons or five seasons or or whatever, that given a chance to get to an actual endpoint because uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can't. This is. Because if this is the type of ending like uh, Sarah Connor Chronicles, like <laughs> you couldn't end here, this would be uh, this is this would be a terrible place to end. 
I think this has the benefit of being a Canadian series, so they don't <laughs> they don't get that American cancel it without any kind of resolution type of thing. Not, they seem not to be much, a, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that should that should be good to uh to to keep an eye out for. I'm looking forward to the to the next season. I think for the most part, you know, with a time, sort of a time travel thing, they've done a pretty good job. I I find that the way they tell the story with you're you're seeing what the future was, which are like flashbacks for Kira, you know, you're so and so your flashbacks are actually something that happened years from now. I think that's an interesting storytelling device where you keep learning more about, you know, how they all got sent back and what was going on in that time. And I think the whole show is interesting in, in the, the spot where the way things have gone in the future, you're sort of on liberate side, but you're not so <laughs> much like with their tactics. Like you're not for like blowing up thousands of people in a building or, or stuff like that, but you're also not for corporations taking over and there become giant work farms that are powered by people, you know, <laughs> in the future. Like you, Neither side, you don't want to see either take place, but yet you feel for Kira, who wants to just wants things to be the same because she wants to be back with her family. Yeah, I mean the poor lady just wants to go home. <laughs> <laughs> but overall, good show and a couple of short thirteen episode seasons. So one that's uh, you know worth catching up on if you haven't been watching before the third season reappears. You know, sometime uh, well for us down here, sometime next year. And uh, with that, we'll move on to our reality check. Uh, got a f- couple shows down here. The first one on the list is The Great Food Truck Race. And I added it to the list because it's the one reality show right now that I'm actually watching. So I can <laughs> join in on the reality check for a change. And uh, I know, I, I believe Kyle's watching. Laurel, are you watching? Unfortunately, no. Um, that's one of those ones that I keep meaning to watch, but I don't think it's on my on-demand. So I haven't been able to catch it yet. Yeah, I finally was able to watch it. It took like two days for it to appear. I hate when my when Comcast like has this weird delay. You would think everything is just set up, and as of midnight, things would just appear on your menu. But uh, <laughs> but sometimes things don't appear for a day or you know hours or just randomly appear at weird times. But so I finally got a chance to watch it this morning, uh, this last episode. And uh, so, Kyle, what do you think of uh, the great food truck race so far? Uh, I like that they're doing the um, the newbies again this year because I think that's better than the the professionals. Although you get the people that then crash their cars into things. <laughs> and that, I'm wondering if it really is the business owner who agrees to put it in their insurance or if it's just the show's insurance. Because it would take a long time to work out these negotiations with people. And time that they don't have and they have to be cooking. Yeah, well, um, I was thinking on that one, when these things happen like that, where the owner agrees to put it through his insurance, isn't that ultimately possibly going to raise his insurance rates yeah, like, why down the road? Like, just because yeah. that somebody was willing to pay the deductible, it's not like it's never going to cost them anything uh, yeah, down the road. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, they got seriously lucky with that with them doing as well as they did and then not, you know, it's still that only costing them 500 bucks, but that put them down to the bottom two. 
which I'm so glad the Frankfurter truck finally went. I couldn't stand those outfits. Besides, <laughs> you're selling an overpriced hot dog. I mean, give me a break. <laughs> that became one of those interesting things when you're the footlong hot dog truck, and then they tell you you can't use any starches, so you got to now sell a hot dog without a bun. And then the second leg of it, you have to now get rid of the hot dog altogether and make a potato dish. <laughs> Which, the potato team, I wish they were still there. They would have owned that. Yeah, <laughs> the hot truck was my favorite, and they got eliminated way too soon. Uh, I think uh, the, the the sandwich truck got got really lucky with the, the place that they had just bought bread from was at the, the like, what was it, the farmer's market that they'd set up at? And so they basically said, we're selling breadless sandwiches, but if you want it on bread, <laughs> you can yeah. bring your own bread. And so people were, like, lining up with the ha- – having bought a, a a roll someplace else. And uh, that worked out really well for them. I, I, too, like the newbie aspect of it. I like the idea of watching teams learning how to – you know, run a food truck as part of uh, the competition, not just uh, in addition to all the, you know, the speed bumps and things they throw in their way. Uh, those are, uh, I I find that more compelling than the first couple of seasons when they had, you know, established food trucks, you know, racing. Yeah, because they would normally like call people they knew, like they had all these connections and stuff they would call up to yeah, have. A, a lot more than they, you know, than people have now. Yeah, uh, just just having been in the industry for a while or whatever, and uh, but I also I find just the competition where it's a competition for a new business. They're basically going to get you know if they win, they get to keep their truck, and they get some cash to you know to to fund their business, and I think that's more compelling than just like a prize going to you know an established food truck. Yeah, but uh, so far you know. It, it was probably time for the the three girls to leave. Basically, they've been at the bottom every time. They they got lucky once that somebody else screwed up. It was the only reason that they stayed in. And they came really close to staying in again because somebody screwed up. So I think now you, you've kind of gone down to they all sort of know how to run the food truck a little bit better. And... Uh, and then you have much more the, the the competition from here on out. I think is uh, will be much much more stiff as they as they continue on going through. And I I just uh, I like food trucks. <laughs> I like watching. And this is one of the seasons, as Amory mentioned when we talked about it a little bit previous, is none of the teams really bothered me from the get go. There weren't any teams where from the beginning, like the previous season, like. I wanted the waffle truck gone from the the, the oh moment. the swinging the flags and everything. From the moment yeah. they introduced the <laughs> yeah. team, you know, like, <laughs> there was no team like that this year. You know, everybody kind of could get behind and uh, was was interesting, and so definitely be uh, following them uh, around the country uh, for the rest of the the rest of that. And the the next couple of shows I haven't been watching, but I'm interested, Kyle. What what do you think of Capture? It's much better than I thought it was going to be. It's like the Hunger Games type uh, competition. Um, so basically, they 
set one team as like the hunters and they have to try to capture these other teams out like they basically send them out into this huge like wooded area and they have to basically run and evade capture and they like once they get two teams and those two teams uh the rest of the teams get to vote which of the teams goes but there's a lot more strategy to it than i would have expected like they're throwing in some of these twists like maybe they have something that they can go like if the teams are willing to go to some certain point on the map um they can go there and activate some beacon and sabotage one team that will have this beacon going on them and like there's a lot of strategy like one uh, it might have been last week's like this team activated the beacon on someone but then they also had a view of the map they could see where the team was so they purposely positioned this other team like they realized they had the beacon on them and they positioned themselves between the hunters and this other team to make sure that like they would see them first when they were running towards them and so there's a lot of weird strategy and um, then people like just hating each other. Like there were some team that were, were jerks to people and like they took a personal. So you get like that kind of typical reality drama. But I mean, overall, I, I think it's been really good. And, and the team I've been rooting for, which is the twin uh, British girls, they did an amazing job last week. They were the hunters and like they, they basically have two rounds. And if you don't capture at least two teams total then you're automatically eliminated or if you only capture one team you're also up for elimination and they managed they missed people in their first round but their second round they were able to capture two teams because one team was just they have like this little lounger that you can go and hang out with and they these girls were just basically getting drunk in there and not paying attention to the time and when the time ran out and they had to leave that area like then these girls were waiting for them and they just ran after them and uh, and were able to capture two teams in the second round so are you rooting for them because they're pretty british girls or because they're twins i think it's probably uh both <laughs> <laughs> i gotta support the twins gotta support the twins <laughs> all right laurel have you watched any of capture i haven't actually no sorry how about, how about heroes of cosplay I have watched that actually. <laughs> what did you What did you think of that? I I saw that one. I had I I was gonna watch the first episode just to see what a, what they're doing there. Are they basically just like profiling a couple of people and following them through like a competition or something or like what is the basic show like structure? To an extent, I mean they're they're definitely doing the whole reality thing where it's like people's relationships with each other and oh no that person has said this this person said that like they really try and heighten up the drama which is kind of hilarious at times because it's cosplay like <laughs> people putting on costumes for fun and going to conventions and wearing them around and stuff. I mean, like, the people that they have are, you know, sort of the serious cosplayers, like the ones that you see with the totally custom-made, like, suits of armor, essentially. It's those people. And so, I mean, it's, it's really kind of cool to watch them make their costumes. Um, and then seeing them finished and everything is... I mean, it's like when you're at a convention and you see the person with the incredible costume going by, and it's just neat. Um... I personally could do without most of the drama because I just like watching the costumes and stuff, but it's a reality show thing, apparently, that there has to be drama, even if there isn't any. And uh, there is sort of like their main person is, I guess, this girl who... Yeah, yeah, like, She's like, yeah, she's like supposed to be like the top cosplayer in the world. 
and they all like look up to her and stuff and she keeps making these pronouncements about what cosplaying must be it's very weird (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's it's one of these things that quite frankly as far as most of the world is concerned a doesn't exist and if it does exist it's fairly anarchic like there's not like a structure or anything i mean it's people just show up at these conventions and if the judges like their costumes they win a prize but most it's just show off that you're a really really big fan of something or other and you made a cool costume so um i'm enjoying it i think it's i think the format and everything is really weird but it's fun it's fun to watch and i mean I'm totally a convention nerd. I love I love seeing the costumes, and I'm not creative enough to actually make anything myself, so it's kind of cool to see other people doing it. Yeah, I like that they're following the same people. Like, basically, they're following, like, the same six or seven people from convention to convention. And yes. I, it's interesting to see them, like, basically, they have to come up with this whole new costume, like, in a week that they're only going to wear once to this one convention. And then, like, the next convention, they're working on something completely different and completely new. So it's really interesting to see them working on the costumes and then how they come out and the judging almost seems like random like who you know like because all these people are like friends but it's interesting i mean there's also the fact that like they keep making this big deal about the judging and stuff and then some random person who showed up to just that convention wins every time like the, the winner is like somebody who you know nothing about it's somebody in a mask that you've never seen before and yeah, so, but it's not like they can go back in time and, and <laughs> hey, can we film you making this uh, this costume? Yeah, I mean, it just sort of amuses me, though, because they make it out to be this serious thing that only really professionals can get in on. And, you know, you have to take it seriously. And then somebody shows up in a costume and wins. So, I mean, I'm sure that person takes it seriously, too, but it just seems weird. I mean, I don't know. The whole the format of it, I think they, I think they're trying to up the drama more than there actually is drama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's it's entertaining. It's a very entertaining thing to watch. All right. And the uh the last show which uh, ended a a couple weeks ago which is uh, who done it. I added it to the list just because uh somebody wrote in after uh, Kyle uh talked about it previously uh on uh, the last time he was on and uh I wanted to say thanks to Gene Carriers for writing in like the talk uh, about uh, who done it and uh, apparently somebody mentioned the mole in in the yeah. in, in in that and uh so said that uh believed that uh, Chris was going to be uh, uh who it was and I I think that is ended up being correct uh, is that is that who uh, won Kyle uh, I know it was one of the girls I think it was Chris uh I forget which one was which. Uh, yeah, I think I looked it up and it was... Uh, yeah, yeah, she was uh, the one. That was the winner. Laurel, did you happen to watch that? Nope, didn't watch that one either. Sorry. Yeah, that was that was one I... It it sounded kind of interesting, sort of the like uh, the giant dinner party game or you know, <laughs> watching a, uh, you know, a murder mystery uh, game take place. It was an interesting idea. But uh, so, uh, Gene, you were right. You you did you called it before this email came in before the the finale aired and uh, and uh, you know thanks for uh, writing in. What's also interesting, uh, the creator who also does CSI and uh, Anthony Zyker is doing like a twit done it 
on Twitter right now, which is like a nine-week... Um, he basically creates these little mini-episodes, and then people have to... It's basically like the episode you go and look at the different... The three locations, you get the clues and try to figure out who who done it, like how the murder took place. And so he's been doing that on Twitter... Um, last week or two or something like that and like if you end up winning uh he's giving out like weekly prizes of like signed stuff and um if you end up winning the whole thing you get a trip uh to see the set of season two if it happens uh i'm actually tied for second place right now so (laughs) wish me luck (laughs) but i think there's like four more four more episodes left to the next ones on uh this friday well cool that sounds uh that sounds like a fun little uh, little thing to do. And uh, with that, we'll close out the reality check and move on to our uh, TV on DVD picks for Tuesday, September 10th. Coming up, uh, Laurel and I both uh, chose the same thing uh, out of all the stuff that's coming out, which is Castle Season 5. And, uh, well, I, last week when uh, I think some, somehow Castle came up, or previously, yeah, Castle came up uh, on the ABC preview last week. Uh, we were all talking about that I'm interested to see how things go, and now I've seen how things go. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, given where this season five ends, you know, season five is a lot of fun. Uh, you know, the show continues to be a lot of fun. It, it left you in a weird spot where you weren't sure, like, how they're going to work this out. But, you know, these writers are turned out to be pretty good, and I think they've they've uh, done a good job with uh, where they they start out in uh, season six. What'd you think of season five, Laurel? Um, I loved season five. Uh, I'm, I'm always one of those people who, when there's an obvious relationship on a TV show, I'm always the cheerleader standing in the background, pretty much going, go for it. Yay. Let's watch it now. I don't want to wait. Um, so I'm, really happy they decided to go with having the relationship and not having like stupid breakups and you know like this whole oh we should see other people oh we should do this I mean I just find that that kind of stuff annoying I mean a really good show can overcome it but I I mean it was so obvious they were going this way from you know the first episode of the show that just sort of letting it happen was nice and also I just thought they did it really well I thought it was sort of like to me, it was sort of like the old-fashioned screwball comedies, where everything is just really witty conversation between people who are either together or not together. It doesn't really matter, but you know, you've got the back and forth and all that kind of stuff. And they didn't change anything with the basic structure of the show from week to week. Whereas, like, they still had their really good mysteries. They still had their procedural elements. Um, nothing really changed except that the two leads were sleeping together. I mean, everything else on the show was essentially the same in a good way. I mean, um, so I thought it was, I thought it was done really well. And I mean, I've seen the premiere of the upcoming season two, and I think they're still doing a great job. Um, they definitely changed some stuff up because, which is great because it's a new season. They should change some stuff up, but I like what they're. I like what they seem to be trying to do with it. Uh, last week we mentioned that, or well, Ray was pretty insistent that it was probably Castle would go back to normal with in an episode. Mm, I took one. <laughs> and what I'll say after watching the first episode is, it's going to take three. 
and and then uh, you'll you'll probably be back to you know the somewhat uh, status quo, but with you know some other types of character growth that is happening. But yeah, it's a. Uh, I really like last season. I like that they finally put them together. I like when there's you know an obvious couple that's going to be together. You know, I like the interplay and the going back and forth and the will they won't they for a little bit. But after a while, you just start stringing your fans along and it becomes ridiculous where everything that becomes a roadblock starts to feel forced. <laughs> and uh, that's when it starts to get old. I think they I think Castle did a good job of not going too long with the, you know, keeping them apart and then also showed that you can put uh, your your leads together and still uh, have a good show. You know, like there's some sometimes there seems to be the idea out there, like if we ever put them together, you know, going back to like Moonlighting, which didn't die because you put the leads together. You know, it died for many, many other reasons is is one of those things that, uh, you know, is is like this thing that seems to be held to be true but is like a total fallacy if the show is good you can put your leads together and still be good you know if if the show is bad and that's the only thing you got going for you then yeah maybe but but for the most part you you know there's been i think chuck did a good job of showing that you can put your leads together uh well at least for a while uh and uh you know i think this has shown that you can you can you can do it as well I think, I mean, for me, the difference is, like, does your entire show hinge on the relationship between the two characters? Like, does it have to be a specific relationship? I mean, if the show only exists because of a will-they-or-won't-they relationship, and that's all people really care about, and there's absolutely nothing else there, yes, the show's going to fail when you put them together. (laughs) But, (laughs) I mean, when you have a show, like, we're even... I mean, the central relationship in Castle is hugely important to it, but that relationship didn't have to... The parts that people cared about didn't have to change when you put the characters together. Because the parts that people liked were the witty banter and them making fun of each other and, like, these two sort of opposites who enjoyed each other and everything. And that really... Having fun with various different genres, but in a, like, realistic show setting. Exactly. So, I mean, they didn't... They didn't need it. I mean, they didn't need to keep them apart any longer than was necessary. And I think they did. I think they picked a good time for it. So. All right, Kyle, what was your pick? Uh, So my pick was the league season four. Uh, I am the farthest thing from a sports fan. But for some reason, I just really enjoy the show. I find it hilarious. I think it's because it concentrates more on the antics of these guys and less on the actual sports itself like they basically use their participation in this uh betting league just to create chaos between um between these guys but i i just find the show very uh funny uh especially like paul Shear, who's great on ntsf sd suv um is also great on this like um and then the character of taco is just so absurd and he comes up with the craziest things i was just looking at some of the uh episode descriptions uh from this past week and one was that uh taco moves into a dead psychologist's uh, office and takes over his practice so 
I just want have to say one thing about uh, the league and you, Kyle, is that earlier you mentioned that you didn't like some I, of the humor in Mom. I know. <laughs> I don't you, know. I don't understand it. But then you watch the league, which is far worse than anything they ever do on I Mom think it's or I Two Broke it. Girls or... I think it's because I expect it from a cable comedy and not from like a network comedy. Oh, I just want the, cable I just comedy want, snob. I just <laughs> want the number one network to have some classier comedies. <laughs> they didn't get to be number one by being classy. I, that's that's my understanding. At least not on the comedy front. Oh. Uh, but uh, speaking of the league, if you're. Uh, a fan of that new season starts up as of uh, tomorrow, as of this recording, I believe, isn't it? It's tomorrow, yeah. right? Yes, it's, uh, it'd be tomorrow. the the, uh, the fourth F-X. on yeah on FXX because you know you need more X. All right, and with that, uh, that'll close out the the podcast. Amory will be back with me next week, and our guest will be uh, Kurt Wagner from Show Patrol TV, and we will be uh, previewing uh, the NBC. Uh, fall TV schedule, and uh, you can find links to the news and DVDs uh, we mentioned, as well as where to find Kyle and Laurel online in the show notes at tvtimes3.com slash 194. And as always, we'd love to hear from you about your thoughts on uh, CBS shows. What are you most looking forward to or anything else that we covered this week? Uh, you can always drop us an email at uh, feedback at tvtimes3.com or uh, leave a comment in the show notes. And uh, with that, the opening and closing music is provided by IODA Promonet. The song is TV Party by the Asylum Street Spankers from their Mercurial title put out by Yellow Dog Records. And uh, thanks once again, Kyle and Laurel, for uh, joining me for the CBS preview. Thank you. We sit glued to the TV set all night. And every night. Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright. We got nothing better to do than watch TV and have a couple of brews.